Welcome back. You're here. You made it. Thank you for joining us. This is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. We are the podcast that explores the mysteries of the cryptid, the creepy, and the unexplainable. We are still your hosts. My name is Josh. And I continue to be Lennon. Whew, uh, let me tell you, I fucking up already. What? God damn it. <laughs> Can't restart already. We're going. We are We are coming to you from what I can tell to be the headquarters of the cheerleading hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> Got a nice trophy. Teddy bears. Little penguin. That's a cute thing. What is that? Kalth spirit? Call <laughs> cone? What is that? I, the, I don't know. I didn't cheer. When did you, when were you a cheerleader? I did not. Uh, our podcast studio <laughs> doubles as my fiance's trophy room for her extended cheerleading career. That's all right. That's all right. Appreciate you opening up your second bedroom Hall of Fame headquartered cheerleading thing. Yes, it's great to be back with you in my own home. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great drive for me. You can follow us on Instagram at Don't Touch My Sasquatch Pod. You can go to our website at Don't Touch My if you are enjoying the content and you want to show your support, join us on Patreon for bonus episodes, exclusive content, and much more. Please like, share, and leave us a rating. This helps us to be seen by more people, and we greatly appreciate it. Yes, we would appreciate it. Absolutely. What's today's episode, Len? Today's episode is Don't Touch My UFO or UAPs. I'm confused. Well, there's a difference now. <laughs> Tell me. Well, UFO is the classic term that everyone knows, unidentified flying object. But in more recent time, it has become UAP, which stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. So they switched it to UAP because UFO has a stigma attached to it and is taken less serious. And also UAPs are now covering a wider range of, you got floating orbs, you got portals, you got all sorts of portals. Portals. <laughs> You got all sorts of different things there, and they're now covering in UAP. And let's be honest, UAP sounds more professional. It does. You also got unidentified submersible phenomena, or it's USO, unidentified submersible objects. I've seen both, and it's cool. I, we're not gonna, sure. We're, we're going to go with that. We're going to do it. an episode on all underwater UFOs. <laughs> oh, I hit the table, guys. I am sorry. <laughs> the podcast studio is about it. Five by five room. We're in a closet, ladies and gentlemen. With no AC, and I have a sweatshirt on because I'm crazy, I guess. Yeah. Let's move on to the types of USOs. Uh, you got your classic saucer, circular metal object with half dome on top and bottom, typically seen with lights around the border and occasionally with anti-gravity propulsion tech. How do you Shout out to Bob Lazar. Bobby. How do you know they're metal, though? I mean... Well, they got a shiny look to them, and it's... a perceived as metal to our febile human minds. I mean, watching the interview on that, he wasn't definite sure that it was metal, but he did touch it. It was cold. It was cold. We'll get to that. That's a little later. There are black triangles. They're silent. The size of football fields are larger. Um, they could be surveillance, surveillance ships, mother ships. In uh, 1969, two National Guard pilots f- followed a triangle-shaped object it's about 50 feet in diameter. 1990, Belgium Air Force sent up two F-16 fighter jets for a closer look at the triangle seen on a radar. Onboard computers recorded object the object's remarkable maneuverability and its acceleration. It accelerated from 621 miles per hour to 1,120 miles per hour. Pretty quick. It's quite fast. I don't think we have stuff, especially in uh, 1990, that could do that, but maybe I'm wrong. It's true. Actually, we do, don't we? We do, but they don't talk about it. <laughs> the fastest fighter jets don't go that fast, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I don't know. Actually, I, I'm not going to pretend to know the speed of light or speed of sound that we sound barrier, sound barrier um, well, ships we break. Yes, the speed of light is actually the exact coordinates of the pyramids. Did you know that? We'll get to that later. <laughs> I didn't know that. but uh, Isn't that well, strange? That is kind of strange. It's also the placement of the... That, that's a whole other topic. We'll get there. <laughs> Rabbit holes, folks. Not Rabbit today. Um, there's also the Tic Tac UFOs, not a sponsor. Seen in recently released Pentagon footage, it's a smooth oval Tic Tac-shaped object that manu- maneuvers with impossible precision. I thought you were going to say maneuverability. <laughs> I was going to, but maneuvers with maneuverability does not sound wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's also observed in tandem with odd movement of oceanic waves. you got to think USOs again. Maybe. Bringing it back. 
There are also cigar shaped, bell shaped, cube shaped, many other different shapes we could get into. But for the there's a lot of shapes, a lot of, a lot shapes. of types, a lot of shapes, a lot of lights, a lot of alien species, a lot of types, a lot of types. Take me to your leader. <laughs> Except for the probing part. Gross. <laughs> you have a button for that. Oh. Gross. There it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Less congested when that was recorded, folks. <laughs> there was a thought experiment done in 1950 by physicist Enrico Fermi. It proposed that because our galaxy is 10 billion years old and is about 100,000 light years across, if traveling at 1% of the speed of light, percent <laughs> the galaxy could be, have been colonized over a thousand times. Um, he said, why haven't we heard from other life? Perhaps uh, we are the other life. Perhaps we are. Maybe they were back in time when we were little hairy apes, and they genetically modified us to become what we are today. How many creatures out there need to wear clothes? How many creatures out there drive in metal boxes to work, to school? Well, it comes down to, like, how many creatures are self-aware? Self-aware. That's what we are. We're self-aware. I like the way you said that better. Self-aware. That's why there's two of us. You're the brains. I'm the... Brawn. No, I'm not. So, I mean, the vast size of the universe makes it highly likely there is intelligent life out there. Um, Some may even have interstellar travel. There is a lack of evidence. But the chances of uh, other life forms reaching us are quite high, in my opinion. Especially... um, Beta reticulum is like 30 light years away or something like that. I think that's the closest one, if I remember. Uh, don't call sure. me on that. It, there's one that's about 30 light years away that if you're an advanced civilization, something that... It's most likely where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Which also will... Episode about Bob Lazar, we'll gladly get into that because that's where you talk about it. <laughs> sure is where we will talk about <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> uh, they, they're discovering all these planets every day. Not every day, but they're discovering these planets all the time that have all the Earth-like conditions. I mean, there's ones they found that are like three times the size of Earth, and they still have all the same conditions that we could go there. They're possible future homes if we could unlock interstellar travel. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance, but only if you're rich enough to pay to get your ticket on the ship. Crap. I think the lack of evidence could be attributed to maybe their advanced technology. Like, they don't want to be seen by us. They want to study and observe. Or maybe they want to manage us, which we'll talk about some ideas of that in a little bit. That's a possibility. I mean, if we're an experiment, if they genetically engineered us in some way, wouldn't you want to see how your experiment is doing? What if they haven't been heard from because there is a another species, another race of aliens out there that are malicious and have malicious intent, and they don't want to broadcast their location to them. There's the War for Earth theory, which maybe we'll talk about someday. Well, I mean, that kind of leads into some of the ancient sightings of, of battles they, they witnessed in the sky. For sure. So one of those happened in, uh, well, this one wasn't really a battle, but it is the most earliest UFO sighting. And it happened in Egypt during the 18th century, dynasty, 18th dynasty, <laughs> not century. <laughs> 1700s. <Egypt. laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was around uh, 1480 BC. And so, uh, yeah, definitely not the 18th century. It was uh, back. It was recorded on the Egyptian Tully, Tully or Tully uh, papyrus. Uh, it recorded circles of fire that were coming from the sky. It had no head. The breath of its mouth had a foul odor. So, I mean, think about like when exhaust it has a foul odor. Sure. Um, it was described as perfect circular discs that hovered before rising back into the sky and flying off. Perfect. I like it. What happened? Perfect. <laughs> Perfectly circular discs. Can we uh, can we get a breakdown on the definition of perfect? <laughs> perfect. It's the word perfect. Glee. And circular, circular. <laughs> and it goes perfectler. Perfect, lur. <laughs> uh, there was another sighting. This was in Nuremberg. It was, you can goes by two names: celestial phenomena over Nuremberg or the UFO battle over Nuremberg. Okay. This one was actually a battle. It happened April fourteenth, fifteen sixty one. Residents describe the sun turning to a blood red sun. Mm-hmm. Many red and black spheres. Spheres, 
I'm getting tongue twisted. <laughs> Many red and black spheres, rods and crosses were seen moving all around the sky um, in what looked like a battle. It lasted different types of craft. Different types of crafts. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe the spheres were, um, maybe they're shooting weapons and the spheres were actually sure. the, the ammo, whatever. You right. Because they said they, it disappeared and crashed down to earth. So, mm. I mean, when you shoot and you miss, gravity is going to take over and go down to the earth. Um, they said it lasted for over an hour until the until they fell to earth with immense smoke, like I said, the orbs are talking about. Um, it said that after the battle, there was a large black triangle and a crash just outside the city. It does sound like a battle to me. It does sound like a battle. It was from a uh, surviving contemporary news article by Hans Glasser that depicted the battle. And we will... Like always, include that on Instagram. And our show notes. Um, it's either, it either sounds like a battle to me, or at least at the very least you got a bunch of different types of crafts floating around, flying around with each other, doing something, interacting right. some way. Going with the battle for Earth theory you just brought up, I right. mean, maybe it's two different races and they're battling for supremacy over Earth or... Protecting, one protecting, side protecting. Or mm-hmm. they're... One side is protecting, yeah, like you said, protecting their their experiment. Yes. Oh, investment. I like Ooh. That. <laughs> Great banter. Words now. Great banter. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1947, Kenneth Arnold witnessed nine objects flying in formation around 10,000 foot above the Cascade Mountains at around 1,200 miles per hour, which we know now modern day fighter jets go that fast or around that fast. But in 1947, they sure didn't. Um, I mean, they were flying information, which shows a little bit of intelligence there, obviously, and some kind of military maneuver, some kind of maneuvering. Did they say, um, you might have said this, and I just blanked out, did they say what they were? Spherical, sphere, spheres? It was just spherical, shiny objects. Okay. All right, so kind of like discs, maybe? Yeah, which it either is advanced technology that was developed back then in 47, or it's some kind of um, otherworldly technology. Like a UAP? UFO? Almost like a UAP. That's weird. In February of 2022, a bright stationary white orb was spotted over, I'm sorry, Hawaii, but I'm going to butcher this, Kauai and Hawaii, <laughs> and was tracked by F-22 Raptors. Reports stated that the object was bright, spherical, and loud intermittent booms could be heard. Now, they don't know if the booms were of the Raptors maybe firing at rockets or missiles at the object, but booms were heard, and they were... In the area. Well, they also have like uh, sonic booms, right? Sonic booms. Could boom? it be sonic, bo- sonic booms? Not yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog? No. But yes, it very well could be. Um, but they were trailed by the F-22 Raptors. So it gives it a little bit of credibility that they were of chasing something out of uh, U.S. They don't just waste fuel and manpower to chase nothing. Exactly. How fast were they going again? Didn't say. It was just a... a, a Bright stationary white orb is gotcha. what they saw. There are often orbs and other craft that have been spotted flying and hovering over nuclear sites, military bases, and they have been noted to have shut down nuclear weapons and nuclear weapon systems, other military systems. They they shut them down, and they can't explain why because these are military high-security bases that just all of a sudden their stuff gets shut down as their f- objects are hovering over and then they're just gone. Yeah, I've heard about that too. I've also heard that they uh, they deactivate the silos where the nuclear weapons have also had it where it's opened, activated, like it was about to to do something and then everybody's panicking and it just stops. And the, uh, the UFO or UAP... Um, Flies away and everything goes back to normal, but there's no explanation, no data that says there's malfunctioning. It's every single silo and it goes right. Yeah, it's it's in coincident. It's in conjunction with the UFOs showing up. They talk a lot about how these UFOs seem to have a very great interest in our nuclear capabilities and powers. Um, obviously, shutting down these nuclear sites. Well, yeah, because we could destroy ourselves, and there goes decades, centuries of investment on their experiment. But after national security threats like that, 
um, which was perceived to be a threat after all that stuff started coming into play. And the government and military started taking an interest in it. Finally. It only takes us messing with some nuclear. only takes them messing with some (laughs) nuclear. We're not messing with any nuclear stuff. We do not touch that. No touching. But the government finally took an interest and stopped calling us crackpots for what we see that they don't believe. Is that about the time they started investigating it? They sure did. Um, Many UAP are often observed flying, hovering, and interacting with military sites. And (laughs) often observed interacting with military sites and nuclear silos and nuclear weapons. I can't look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Payback for last week. We've discussed all this stuff. And I look at you and it's just a blank smile. <laughs> oh, oh god. They've been known to interact with them. This goes all the way back to the forties. <laughs> Quit looking at me. It goes back to the forties. Um UFOs uh interact with military bases quite often back then in World War Two. They were known to fly around um uh, pilots and they actually called them Foo Fighters. Shout out to Foo Fighters, the band. Um, but they called them Foo Fighters back then, um, and they had real no explanation for them. They would show up on radar. They would trail um, fighter pilots. They would hover around them, do formations around them. So they've been observed for years. And when they started hovering and buzzing military bases, the government started. To <laughs> the government started to take these reportings seriously and figured that they were a credible thing that they needed to look into for a national security threat. National security (laughs) threat? (laughs) National security (laughs) threats. Sorry. Government started looking into it in the 1940s. Finally. Only took them... uh, At least a year. Not only at least a year, but, you know, threatening our... National, National security. security with the whole silos of nuclear weapons. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The caffeine's kicking in. Caffeine Sorry. Is finally. Kicking. Finally. Speaking of the U.S. looking into it, mm-hmm. back between the years of 1948. Between the years of 1948. In 1969, there were more than 12,618 reported sightings. 701 of those were classified as unidentified. Um, they came from the three programs or what the fuck projects. Projects. They came from the three projects: uh, Project Sign, Project Grudge, <laughs> and Project Blue Book. I mixed Grudge and Blue Book. <laughs> came out with Grudge. <laughs> so Project Sign started in 1948. Um, within about a year, it changed to Project Grudge. When Project Sign had started, they tapped astronomer, defense researcher, and director of the Macmillan Observatory, Jalen Hynek, who we are a huge fan of here at Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast. Huge. <laughs> for a consulting position for the for Project Sign. The goal was to provide insight on the investigation of aerial phenomena, and this propelled him into the world of UFOs, which he believed, as did most of his colleagues at the time, to not be real. Project Sign, as you said, bled into Project Grudge, and eventually to Project Blue Book, which we will do a large episode on. In the future. In the future. In the future. I'm going to read from the results, the conclusions found by the government from Project Blue Book were, and as I quote, as a result of these investigations and studies and experience gained from investigating UFO reports since 1948, the conclusion of Project Blue Book were, one, no UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated by the Air Force has ever given any indication of threat to national security. Well, that's a good thing. Likely story. <laughs> two, there has, there has been no evidence submitted to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as Unidentified represents technological developments or principles beyond the range of present-day scientific knowledge. That's, you know, 1953 to 1969. 
Not 1,200 miles per hour craft. Absolutely. And three, final, there has been no evidence indicating that that sightings categorized as unidentified are extraterrestrial vehicles. So basically what they're saying is they had the technology to build these crafts that can maneuver and, and go to those speeds and accelerate at that rate in 1953 to 1969. Right. Unlikely. I, I agree. I mean, now, I did some reading on Project Blue Book, too. Did you, uh, did you come across at all how Jalen Hynek had mentioned that they just abruptly closed the project down on him and they just shut it down and stopped it? I did not. I uh, I didn't get too much into Project Blue Book. Gotcha. It was just an overview of it because we were going to do an episode on it right. at a later date. So kind of what my understanding is, is that they just all of a sudden shut the project down. He said it came out of nowhere and blindsided him with it. So it seems like maybe they were getting, I don't know, they, the government might have been just Shutting it down because they're like, maybe we should keep this stuff kind of under wraps, top secret. They're getting too close. Exactly. Too much information being found out or... Right. Maybe there was a concern, but they don't want, you know, scientists that are not government officials to... Yeah. Maybe they learn something and they decide, well, maybe they'll keep them to themselves, keep this information to themselves. Right. And use it before other countries possibly use it. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, but like we can reverse engineer exactly, and then make better aircrafts and weapons out of it. Right. So speaking of the government reverse engineering aircrafts to better their our technology, their technology. I don't know how you want to look at it, but I guess it's both ours and theirs. If you're listening to this in the U.S., <laughs> absolutely. If you're not, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We are U.S. based. The man who. Put Area 51 on the map, Bob Lazar, is um, where most of this reverse engineering stuff comes from. Lazar is a physicist that worked at S4. S4 is a kind of an offshoot of Area 51, supposedly. It's roughly 15 minutes south of Area 51, according to Lazar. Um, it's inside It's inside a mountain. It's a big hangars. Um, they're said to be... Nine crafts altogether, um, all different shapes. Not all of them are, not all of them were, maybe are, disc-shaped. But the one he was working with was disc-shaped. So he said that he was there and they were back engineering alien crafts. Um, and one day, the door between the other hangars, all the doors were opened and he was able to see that roughly nine crafts other crafts were there. Some, he said, looked authentic, and some looked like they were reverse engineering and trying to build their own our UFO. Own version of it. Our own version of it, yes. Gotcha. And these UFOs obviously were captured by the U.S., uh, whether it was cra- cra- crashed. Roswell. Roswell. Or in cahoots. Ooh. <laughs> with uh, aliens to, uh, you know, maybe they had technology. to deal with them and share technology for, I don't know, Maybe abductions or whatever. Whatever. I'm not a scientist. We're not in that <clears throat> circle. <laughs> oh, I wish. So as he was reverse engineering the alien crafts and looking at the propulsion system, um, he discovered his team, not just him, his team, discovered the theoretical element 115. Um, it was used for fuel. It has since been proven and found out that they can make it. It's not fully stable the interview I uh, watched, but it is a theoretical and possible element that can be created. Yeah, we just created. It's not stable yet. Yes. That was a little brief synopsis of Lazar's time and experience at Mm -hmm. Area 51 or S4. Some some say are connected. Yes. I've heard lots of reports that lots of underground secret military bases have underground rail systems or well, high-speed hyper hyper train systems underneath them. It makes sense. So with talking about Lazar, someone who I guess you could say was partnered with him at one time was Robert Bigelow. He was a billionaire that has spent an obscene amount of money on UFO research. He's also, he was one-time owner of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, Cannot wait. Looking Cannot forward to that wait. episode. <laughs> 
those yeah. episodes. That's a big topic. Yeah, I mean, Bigelow could have an episode. Lazar has an episode. Skinwalker Ranch is going to have at least one. I mean, there's history all the way up to nowadays on the Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch TV show. Everyone um, should check that show out. What's that? Everyone should check that show oh, out. I think Doing said, great work. I thought you said I should check that show out. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> We have talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> we have discussed. Um, yeah, so I didn't, there's not much about Robert Bigelow because it's so vast and wide range of topic. But, but he's a big name, and there's a, a lot name. of big name, big players in this game. So going back to Jalen Hynek, he actually created a encounters classification system to better study and categorize the reports and um, sightings that there was. So starting at the bottom of his, or top of his list, the, the least... Um, Contact? Yes, thank you. So uh, you've got nocturnal lights. Basically, you just see lights in the sky at night. It's simple as that. Uh, specific types types of lights or nope. orbs or nope. just lights? Lights in the sky at night. Okay. I was just... It's just curious. Because you know? say that gets reported. Mm-hmm. He, he takes that as the date, the time, when it was, where it was. And he can cross-reference that with, say, aircraft in the area at the time. Knock that one out. So, oh, understood. And I was about to say, what about airplanes Yes, and actual stuff that we have? Because he came at this at the start from a skeptic's perspective. He's a scientist. And like I said, he didn't believe that until he got thrust in this world. And he's like, holy shit, some of this stuff's kind of fucking wild. <laughs> It is pretty cool. (laughs) To me, that makes it more credible. For sure, exactly. So next is daylight discs, which is just seeing the discs round-shaped UFOs during the day. Um, I don't know how that comes into play, but you see some during the day, it's round-shaped. At the time, really, most of them were the the classic disc UFO shape that they were seeing. So that's the next one. Going up from there, you have radar visual. Now you have a, a scientific instrument that has proof on it of a UFO. Which most times they're sending some kind of scout to check out exactly. what the heck it is. Exactly. That's where your fighter pilots are going to come into play. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Um, now we got close encounters of the first kind. Now close encounter of the first kind is a person sees a UFO and no evidence is left behind. So there's no evidence on the ground. Uh, there's no trees burned. There's no burn points in a landing pad, so to speak. Right. It could just be up in the sky. You see it zip one way and then sharp turn, zip the other way. Exactly. Um, there's, yeah, people don't feel the effects. Um, closing cards of the second kind is UFO event that leaves physical evidence in the way of effects on the envi- environment or effects on people and animals in the area. So effects on the area, like burn trees, people get radiation burns. Um, a lot of times there's animal mutilations, but I think that would fall more towards a higher level. Um, so next level up, you got close encounters of the third kind, which is a UFO event where a person makes contact with the craft or its beings. So that, uh, it has to be creepy. Yeah. Now there was um, something I read that said they, they think that Alien abductions were a case of sleep paralysis. And coming from someone who has sleep paralysis at times, that's scary as hell, no yeah. matter what. Um, but I don't think it... I When I have sleep paralysis, I see my room. I may see things in terms of a thing I'm laying on me that's sucking my... Freaking neck. <laughs> Let's specify. It has no nose. It has a round mouth and a bunch of teeth. It's scary as hell. There's another episode for you guys. <laughs> yeah. But I've never seen, um, like in some cases, they, they talk about being in another place. You've never hallucinated another exactly. place or, or people to autofill it. I've heard get out Yep. multiple scary times. I, I've seen the creature I just said. Well, the yeah. shadow thing. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, that was... Count me out. I did not sleep the rest of the night, and <laughs> all I did was record what the heck it was, or I saw, and sent it to you, actually. <laughs> face mouth! <laughs> what is this thing? Face mouth. Um, nope. Nope, has like a lamprey mouth, but anyways, I can't speak for anyone else yep. but myself. I have never personally, during a sleep paralysis episode, seen a spaceship. I've never been 
on a conveyor belt with a bunch of people or on a table strapped down and getting a probe stuck up my... So there is... (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, absolutely gross. Um, So of those encounters and um, classifications I've already said, those were something that Heineken outlined in his book that he wrote, I believe, in the 70s. Um, And since then, there's been two that have been added to this classification system. So you got close encounters of the fourth kind now, which is a UFO event where a person is abducted by the craft or its occupants. So before it was just making contact, this one is when you actually are taken. Okay, maybe that was the sleep paralysis thing. Sorry, when you're actually taken to the ship? Yes. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Okay. (laughs) All of that with this one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I jumped the gun, I think. (laughs) I got excited, you know? A little bit. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind is a UFO event with direct communication between humans and aliens. Now, I think this one is kind of like an open dialogue, not like I think it's intelligence with intelligence. It's not. It's not a hide don't keep it moving. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not a get in the fucking ship or I'm going to do something. Get to the chopper. (laughs) I can't do Arnold's With Predator chasing you. (laughs) Basically. Um, Reptilian, right? Reptilians. Wait till we get on those guys. Oh, that reminded me of something. Fuck me. <laughs> I was going to say something with uh, Bob Lazar's, and and yeah. uh, it was about the ships when he was actually inside the ship. Yep. Um, it was for smaller beings. Yeah. He's like 5'10 or 5'11, I think he said. Mm-hmm. And he said it would be more comfortable if I was half my height, so like three foot, four foot. Um, kind of I, like your typical gray reporting. Exactly. As well as it, um, he described the inside, of the, which... I cannot wait to talk about. It. He described the inside of the ship and and everything that in the little tiny chairs. Yeah, I make them sound like they're elves or something. The little <laughs> chairs, guy. <laughs> um, that made me think about that. I like it. Forgot to mention it. So direct communication between humans and aliens, fifth kind. Beautiful. Um. So this week, at the time of us recording here in May, um, there's actually a congressional hearing going on. About the UAP phenomena, which is UAPP. 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 Ooh, UAPP. Um, So there's a congressional hearing going on about it right now, which is the first time in over 50 years, I think they said, that a public hearing has discussed this, um, which takes it back to Heineck and Blue Book and all that. Have you watched any of it? Uh, I've I've watched and read part of it. Okay, I've seen a little bit of it, so Mm. I'm not too versed in it, but I definitely want to watch more of it. I've seen... The two videos they had attached to it. Yes. Which is pretty cool. No, those two videos actually come back from a report that was released last year. Um, last year, time of recording. It was released on June 25th, 2021. And it's from the Office of the Director of the National Intelligence Agency. And it's a preliminary report on UAP. So, I read through this thing. It's a government document. It's... It's entertaining? It's uh, dry. It's, oh. But no, I read through it. I'm going to give you the bullet points. Thank you for that, by the this way. This whole document will be linked in our show notes. So be sure to check it out if you're interested. <laughs> but here's here's some main parts for me. If you want to be bored, check it out. If you want to check the facts, <laughs> check it out. If you want to check it out check quickly, it out. listen to us. <laughs> Basically, they started out, we learned that they have created a task force to study this phenomena, and they've named it the UAPTF. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Now, this is a task force that is replacing the original task force, the AATIP, or ATIP, which is the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Government names, people. Um, so acronym, that, acronym, acronym, acronym. Exactly. This is the DTS cast. DTMS cast. <laughs> yeah. DTMSC. Um, so ATIP was formed in 2007, and it was... Um, shut down in 2012, and this new UAPTF has replaced it. Um, so that's part of the beginning of the document. The goal of this task force is to study the UAP and find out if they pose a threat to our national security. They're also interested in debunking or providing an understanding of what some of the UAP might actually be. So a direct quote I have is, various forms of sensors that register UAP generally operate correctly and capture enough real data to allow initial assessments. 
that's the kind of language I'm talking about that is in there. Sounds so. similar to the quote I read. <laughs> Tongue twisted ten times. Yes. I've read it about three times. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what I'm getting from understanding from that is that they've confirmed that most of these reports that they've taken seriously and are able to analyze, they confirm that all of the sensors that are picking up on these UAP are operating correctly and functioning normally the way that they're supposed to. Which I like because it's not just visual anymore or just uh, record on video, but you actually have radar Proof. and yes. all this other stuff, right? Right. Gotcha. So... They've also said that due to that lack of high-quality data and evidence, the UAPTF decided to create a structure for reporting and to analyze reports from 2004 to 2001. Because these reports are coming in from different sources and there are just so many uh, variations in these reports, they decided to create a structure to measure the uh, reportings and to classify them and to study them. So they started taking the sightings from 2004 to 2001 when this report was released, and they've created the structure. So most of the UAP were probably most of the UAP reported probably do represent physical objects, given that a majority of UAP were registered across multiple sensors to include radar, infrared, electro-optical, weapon seekers, and visual observation. So. Again, all these sensors are working, all these uh, measurement tools, instruments, everything is working right, and the UAP sightings from 2004 to 2021. It's all right. You make a point, you hit the table. If, yes. you, hear a, if you hear a, <laughs> that's just him making a point. Let me aggressive. I like it. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this. Um, but that, that just seems like it's it's more credible, though, if right. if they check all the, the sensors and the instruments. Um, it just makes it. To me, there's more credible. There. There's yes. proof. Yeah. Another quote is In a limited number of incidents, UAP reported appeared to exhibit unusual flight characteristics. Ugh. These observations could be the result of sensor errors, spoofing, or observer misperception and require additional rigorous analysis. Basically, they are taking into account um, there could be some user error, some human error, some. Hey, look at me. I just saw a UFO. Check it out. We all have errors. Yes. Um, but they did take that into account when they studied this. Right. Um, so multiple different types of UAP based on different appearances and behaviors is something that they confirmed. There's not just one shape and one flight pattern. They have the whole gauntlet of it. Um, they didn't specify too many in this report because that's all their classified research. But... They did confirm that there was different sightings, behaviors, and well, different types and behaviors of how they fly and interact with each other. We have that too, though. Exactly. Bigger ships, little, or bigger planes, little ones, right. commercial ones. I, I don't. Yeah, think ones for surveillance. Maybe the Greys are taking a tour of the Earth and on a black triangle or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they believe that. The UAP may pose a challenge to national security. So that's pretty much the main goal for this, is to find out how much of a threat they are, as, as well as figuring out if they're real or right. there's a answer to it. Well, if they're a threat. That's uh, obviously important. Yeah. Um, now, between 2004 and 2021, they analyzed 144 reports that they had taken largely from firsthand accounts of military aviators. Now... They figured that the military, working in conjunction with the government and them, the military would be a good source to get these from, and mainly that's where these 144 came from. That's where you see the Tic Tac footage. Gotcha. That was actually recorded in 2004. 2004. So of the 144 reports, only one of them was identified with a high level of confidence. Josh, can you think of what they might have said it was? What do they always say it is? Weather balloon. It was a goddamn weather balloon. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, fucking crazy weather balloons out there. Yeah, they're wild. You. This one, ready for this? I'm ready. Lay it on me, big boy. Determined to be a large deflating balloon. Spooky. But that was one of 144. The only one that they can find an answer for with a high level of confidence, as they say. Most reports described UAP as objects that interrupted pre-planned training 
or other military activity, which goes back to like we talked about. They're always seen around military bases. They shut down military systems, nuclear systems. They have a real concern with the power that we have with our military. They, yeah, they're constantly observing them from uh, the battleship. Uh, what are those? Aircraft carrier. Aircraft carrier. <laughs> Jeez. Which is where the Tic Tac was from. Yeah. was from the... They're the rap, the air jets, whatever <laughs> one they actually were, um, that took off from them. They interrupt military activity constantly um, in some of these reports here. Um, in 18 of the reports, the UAP were witnessed doing maneuvers not possible with our current technology. Some UAP appeared to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. I like that better than uh, there's no evidence submitted to discover by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified from the Project Blue Book one. Exactly. And we could do. Yes. Yeah, which now in this report, they're admitting that there is, it is a, a, above our technology. Right. Kind of in conclusion to this document, it goes into, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a report for, how they're going to handle it for the next coming years. So it kind of trails off into some what they're going to do. Right. Um, but basically it ends with like the UAP believe that ugh, the UAP task force believe that the UAP to be a hazard to flight safety. And they cited 11 reports of pilots having near misses with UAP. That's dangerous. Yes. Yeah, that's, not, that's not good. And, and while and doing research for this, I saw quite a few videos where, you can see the pilots flying, and it just whizzes right by the cockpit. So, Jim, how was your day today? You know, oh, shit, what was that? <laughs> just flies right by. Um, so they're planning on in- investigating this more, but at the moment they do believe that this could be a hazard to flight safety. They didn't say about national security, but it is interacting with our military, so they are taking it as a possible threat. So, again, that document's going to be linked to our show notes, so check it out if you want to read it. But... Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting that they have admitted that of 144, 143, they cannot figure out. Yeah. It's like they're slowly rolling out, like, information in detail, which kind of makes sense because if you just say, aliens exist, yes. there'd be mass panic. Maybe not among everyone, but I would assume there'd be mass panic. Yeah, and you don't wear a tinfoil hat as much as I do, but the conspiracy side of me comes out where it's like, hey, when all this stuff is going on, pay attention because there's always something else to... It's like the magician thing. Watch the left hand while the right hand does the trick or vice versa. So what's going on right now? And they got this hearing going on. You got Amber Heard and Johnny Depp going on. You got people paying attention to that. There's gas prices going up. Lots of stuff, but this hearing is kind of getting buried. So, yeah. So that was the preliminary report released last year. Like I said, the hearing's going on right now mm-hmm. at the time of recording. And um, we'll see where it goes from there. It seems like we're getting more and more information as we go on. Um, we've come a long way exciting. from, yeah, <laughs> just waiting to see how long. Oh, and it was announced that we have figured out that China has had a UAP task force for a while now. Always ahead of us. Why? Everyone's always looking. But I think we've been, as I mean, what, in 2005, they were, this was being investigated, but we didn't know about it. So right. you never know. But that's the preliminary yeah. now, report. Does Have you had any? Experiences yourself? Well, Josh, thank you for asking. I sure have. <laughs> There's the excitement I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, my story begins when I was just a wee lad. <laughs> oh, going back to the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle up and uh, get ready. I just hit the table. <laughs> I was like, so excited. So, the night my brother was born, he we brought him home from the hospital. The day my brother was born, we brought him from the hospital that night. We lad. We lad, <laughs> floating in the sky. <laughs> we pulled into our driveway, and he started gooing up, <laughs> beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> uh, so we pulled in our driveway. We're getting out of the car. My mom and dad were getting the little car seat out of the car, and uh, I don't know. I just distinctly remember looking up, and I saw flying overhead. I don't know, maybe a couple hundred foot. It was very, it was low. Right. There was not a single noise. It didn't look like a helicopter, but there was lights flying overhead. Now it was dark. Right. But I, it, we live over. We lived in town, so you had the ambient lights. How long ago was this? I don't know. He's 18, 17. 18, 17. Oh, wow. I hope he listens to this podcast. Like, you don't know my age. 17, 17. years ago. <laughs> so 17 years ago, 
I don't think there were uh, drones back then. So no, there was not. Yeah. So drones, as in you know the ones that we fly, not the government drones. Yeah, no, for our (laughs) commercial use. Um, So this rotating circle of lights was flying overhead. It wasn't. It wasn't flying so fast I couldn't see it. It was going at a slow pace where I could watch it for ten seconds, just come into view of me, go overhead, and go by. There was no noise. I don't even remember like saying, "Mom, Dad, look at this shit." What? <laughs> I hope you wouldn't say that at that age. <laughs> um, but I remember seeing it, and it's just something that stuck with me. And I can remember that being like the first real experience I've had. Now, since then, I've seen like a couple, a couple here and there, like driving at home at night or something, flirting, flirting, <laughs> <laughs> flirting, <laughs> flirting through the sky, floating through the sky. But I mean, <laughs> so technically, I've had a close encounter of the first kind. Josh, I like it. Have you ever seen a UFO or a UAP? Funny you should ask. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, one time, uh, one time that I remember, I was it was back in 2018. I was traveling to see my sister and brother in law in LA. In LA, they lived in LA. <laughs> I, I forgot the city. Or I forgot the state. Say yes. California. My bad. I was flying. I was on the left side of the plane. Looked out the window. It was over. I think it was over New Mexico. Now, you know, on Delta... Wait, you don't like flying. I hate flying. All right, on Delta Airlines. Yes. Maybe other ones too, but I only fly Delta. Not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have screens in the back of the, the headrests. Yep. One of the things you can do is track your flight. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at the flight after what I'm about to tell you. Yep. And I th- I'm pretty sure it was over New Mexico. It might have been... It's somewhere around there. Yes. It's somewhere around there. Yeah. Yep. Um, the darn seat is squeaky. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to hold still. <laughs> this is a metal seat, not a bed. <laughs> um, so I was on the left side of the plane, looked out the window, and flying parallel was this circular disc-shaped metallic object. Object. It didn't have wings. Yep. Didn't see a cockpit. Didn't see a tail. It was flying. So we were probably 30,000 feet. I think that's normal generally, cruising altitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we were at a n- normal cruising altitude of thirty thousand feet, and uh, if you look outside the left side of your window, you will see a goddamn UAP round, uh, metallic-looking thing. No, um, yeah. So it was flying perpendicular to the plane. Was it keeping pace with the plane? It was, perpendicular means it's going a different direction. So no, you did say perpendicular. <laughs> yeah, so it's flying parallel. away from you. Yeah, so it was flying from my right. To my left, but when I saw it, it was already past the plane. Gotcha. It was underneath it. Yep. It was, I'm not even going to guess at distance. It was well enough underneath it where it wasn't close enough to your thing you were going to hit mm-hmm. the dang thing. But it was in and out of the clouds, and yeah, I didn't think to get a picture or a video or anything. Because you got that oh shit moment. <laughs> it was, what, did, what did I just see? Yeah. And then I double checked, and yeah, it's, it was a circular, disc shaped, metallic. Reflecting on the sun, so it was solid, and creating a shadow on the... I remember looking, it was a shadow on the... Uh, in the clouds. The clouds, thank you. I couldn't think of... <laughs> what are those? Those floating, floating fluffy things. things. <laughs> uh, the pillows, the pillows. Um, now, I remember when you landed, you texted me like immediately. <laughs> you're like, holy shit, holy shit, <laughs> you'll never fucking believe this. <laughs> well, I, I've always believed that there are UFOs or, or alien could possibly come... I mean, this universe is... As I said, 10 billion years old, yep. and we're only a fraction of a fraction of a fraction amount of time, and we've come this far. So right. what could a civilization that's been around many times longer yeah. have come? So I've always believed that, but that was the first time I've ever seen or experienced. Now, I've, I've experienced many paranormal things, mm-hmm. ghosts, demons, if you want to call them, mm-hmm. um, but never actual... UFOs or alien things. Yeah. So that was awesome. Yes. I, I want to state that was really cool. But yeah, I have no explanation for that. It was definitely, definitely did not have wings. It was not a helicopter. It didn't have anything above it. It was just a round, smooth, mm-hmm. circular, metallic disc. Yeah. Float smoothly. So, like I said, I remember you texting me, but also a few months later, you had, by that point, you had done a good job describing to me what you'd seen as you did now. 
but oh, you thank were you. watching something. <laughs> a little pat myself on the back. <laughs> a little pat for you. <laughs> you get a cookie. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> um, I remember you were watching cookie. some documentary or TV show. Oh, yeah. And they had shown something very similar. And you similar. It was the exact thing. It was the exact thing. But it that was CG. Like, I think that was CGI. It wasn't actually. It was a representation. Yeah, right. but it was exactly what I saw. Yeah, and you took a picture and you sent it to me. And you were yeah. like, this is what it was. Yeah. It, it's just wild. So, obviously, you're not the same person seeing this kind of shit. What's that? You're not the only person seeing oh, the same kind I of shit. I thought you said you're not the same person. I'm like, I am the same person. <laughs> I did say that. I, I misspoke. <laughs> I didn't land in L.A. and become a, a new person. Like, I'm a new man. I, I just you saw an element. <laughs> a UFO. <laughs> so you had a what kind of encounter? Oh, shit. I didn't know there was going to be a test. Uh, <laughs> Close encounter. The fourth. First kind. First kind. <laughs> fudge. Did you get abducted by him? Not that you I know of. <laughs> I don't think so, unless they put me back on the plane. But, yeah, my butt really hurt. I think that was from the plane seats, though. <laughs> so, yeah, you had a close encounter the first time, first kind. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't the fourth, then. <laughs> or the fifth. Oh, the fifth. Fifth seemed a little more peaceful, actually. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I don't know how you went from abducted and poked and prodded and scars all over your body, and then all of a sudden the fifth kind is... We just had a good old conversation over tea. Well, I think by the fifth kind, we're seen as equals instead of animals. That's a good way to put that. Get intellectual on you. <laughs> Set them down with some knowledge. Shh, I didn't know I was. Uh, <laughs> didn't know I was doing a podcast with Freud. I love it. <laughs> Dropping some knowledge, baby. This was our episode on UFOs and UAPs. The correct term now, Josh, is UAP. Get it right. I will. Try not to fuck that up. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to our episode. Be sure to tune in next Monday for our episode on the Amityville Horror. We've hit cryptids, we've hit aliens, and now we're hitting paranormal. I am super excited about that. So am I. Be sure to check out our socials at Don't Touch My Sasquatch Pod on Instagram and Don't Touch My Sasquatch.com for our website for merch and other info. We will catch you guys next Monday. Peace. See ya. I like ultimate ass police. No! Transition! I froze! <laughs>